Rightio, g'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Cotton Yarns. Today I've got some um, very special guests here with me, although we're up in dirty Queensland country this time of the year, but I've got Matt and Neil who have both won the Fast Start Awards from the previous season. So g'day fellas. We'll quickly touch on the Fast Start Awards. So you guys won that, which basically takes into account your planned establishment throughout the start of the year, but of course involves a lot of work to be able to get to where you got to with your establishment and vigour of your crop. But um, I'll get you just to introduce yourself quickly. Um, Matt, we might start with you, mate. All right. Yeah, Matt Richards. Um, we're farming in Nobby there and just a grain and, and vegetable crop there and, yeah, just doing a bit of cotton this year. Yep, yep. No, good stuff. And, and Neil, mate? Yeah, uh, we're down the Locker Valley in, in Gatton, um, a little farm there uh, called Clearview, and I farm alongside my brother and my father, um, mostly grain and, and hay, and we're in our third year of cotton. Yeah, nice, nice. So um, which who won the irrigated and who won the dry land? Um, Matt for irrigated and myself for dry. Yeah, nice, nice. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know your seed bed, seed bed preparation to lead up to planting um, this past season gone, but it's going to be a little bit different for both you. You know, one irrigated and one dry land. But Matt, um, do you want to sort of start, mate, and you know just touch on what your seed bed preparation involved for you? Yeah, involved for us, um, we just went with a deep ripping option just to really loosen it up and then work it back down. Um, as well, last year, I suppose, was a bit harder because so much rain around. We probably got a little bit caught out um, leaving the fertiliser application a bit late, but other than that, it, it seemed to flow in pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think everyone had that problem last year. It was just... A bastard of a time for getting your ground prep on and stuff like that but Neil mate you're down in the Lockyer Valley of course it's a little bit different to the conventional cotton growing areas that we used to mate but what sort of did it involve for you? Uh, this year um, we're much the same as Matt we come off a pretty wet year previous so uh, it wasn't a rush to get our ground ready but probably uh, was more pushed together but we did start with a, a deep rip as well um, and then power harrow down to a nice flat finish. Uh, we don't plant on hills, we plant on flat ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing with the power harrow is it was offsetting our wheel tracks to where our rows would be and we bought a strip tool unit um, for some of the irrigated country um, and we ran our strip tool rig through our dry land country. And yeah. Even though we were single skip, we ran the, the strip tool at solid, at solid configuration um, and that helped us get our seed bed ready. Um, we weren't putting fertiliser down in that in that strip till, but uh, that's something we'll work towards. Yeah, yeah, nice. And what what stubble were you planting into? Down um, there? So this was uh, was mungbean ground previous year. Yeah, failed because of the flooding. <laughs> so um, pretty much after the rip and the power harrow, there was no stubble left. Um, yeah, right. And purely the strip till was just to uh, root up any hard wheel marks that we might have had from the power harrow not just running in the exact yeah yeah exact spot we needed yeah nice nice what's your what's your soil sort of like down there uh it's a sandy loam like a creek loam yeah um we do get some black black soil country down the bottom it's pretty uh, slabby or tacky um it's not a lot of it though maybe 30 hectares of it yeah 
Um, and yeah, the other 150, 180 hectares of sandy loam, so it's pretty forgiving. Yeah, nice. Yep. That's a going. I guess question for both of you was, you know, when you were leading up to planting, was your seedbed preparation a pretty, you know, was it front of mind? Was it a pretty important thing leading up to planting for both of you? Or? Oh, I think definitely, like, you just got to give it the best start you possibly can. Um, the better you can get it into prep, like we were coming in behind soybeans and, and a bit of wheat stubble, so we had a bit of stubble there to deal with, but, um, I mean, like, give give the rain the credit there it, it it was pretty much gone by the time we planted too but yeah i think the the earlier you can get it prepped the better it is yeah 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 i'd agree with that stretch oh, not stretching out but um instead of rushing last minute to get your ground ready it's if you can work it over the winter or <clears throat> into the spring and have it ready for planting a couple of weeks like it's a prep seabed even two weeks before you even thought of planting, that's better than a day before for sure. Yeah, 100%. I think we're going to do a lot better this year. You know, we've relative, had a relatively dry pick and yeah. I think, you know, we're going to look down the barrel of a lot better sort of August to get those seabeds ready, you know, all across the growing valleys, which is good. Yes. Um, what sort of planners are you guys running? Uh, yeah, well, I'm just running the Maximerge um, John Deere. Yep. yep. It's a standard name. Um, that sort of frills on it, but it's yeah, yeah, pretty well. Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting, you know, all the technology that's coming out. Where you still, you know, go and see some of these plant stands from guys that have got, you know, the, some of the first Maximerge planters, the really old ones, and you know, if you look after them, you can get, still get a bloody good result with those. Yeah, you know, no, the, I mean, cotton seed's pretty easy to pick up. It's not one of the harder ones, so yeah. As long as you're not trying to drive like a V8 supercar and doing 18 k's an hour with one of those old Maximerges, I think you can do pretty well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've got our Mitch Brimble came in the room too. He just gave me a funny look for that. Um, <laughs> 15.5. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon, Baz? You went and saw some of these crops, mate. How did you think they looked? <clears throat> they looked pretty good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Um, as Neil had, he's got a new Maximerge, it's brand new, so he's actually um, won um, with three growers before, and he planted them as a contract, and yeah, the growers before that won the um, awards, like Mitch won last year, or year before, and yeah, so. So, so you planted them? No. They won the awards? <coughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah you right. planted them, yeah. I shouldn't even be here, sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's just um, a new... Uh, the credit's got to go back to the dealer, too, um, who sold it to us, the young guy. He he knows how to set up a planner as well, so he helped teach me. Um, he's very <coughs> particular about that yeah. from RDO. Um, and I'm particular about my setup as well. So, yes, our farms are spread out across three different areas. The lock is blocks aren't very big. So to probably get 100 hectares in one spot, you'd be pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, and we're spread out across three different blocks to get it. Um, and on those three different blocks, we, we even though it's all sandy loam, it is three different types of loam. So, yeah, we're airbag downforce and all of that, uh, but we're still mechanical plates and everything. We're not electric drive. So our ground speed's still pretty slow, about 8.5K. Yeah. Yep. But um, seed placement wise and, and setting the gearing right and your vacuum, vacuum and all of that, yeah, we're pretty particular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 
you hear people say all the time, it's those little one percenters that sort of pay off for you in the end. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you're ten percent out at the start, you're well, we always say you're a hundred percent wrong, then come harvest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, seed bed preparations probably become more important over the last couple of years. I know we at CSD have sort of been trying to drive that home pretty hard. Have you guys made any sort of recent changes over the past couple of seasons in the way, you know, you do your seed bed prep? Oh, his first season. No, I'm only first season, so oh, right I on. can't sort of comment yeah. too much on that. But uh, you've got, I think, coming from a veggie background, you've just got to deal with like a, you sort of got to give it the small seed approach. Yep. As into like um, seed soil contact, like the better you got that and the finer you got it, um, it's going to be a lot better in that yeah. sphere to get it up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There you go, first year and you've wiped the competition clean. Which was the same as the first year when you won it too. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. You must be the new Golden Triangle up here or what? It is, mate. Yeah, it's Queensland, mate. It's a better place. Mm. That's why I keep it in origin. <laughs> We won't talk, we'll talk about that later, Buzz. But um, <laughs> what about you, Neil? Have you sort of changed anything, yeah. especially down there in the Lockyer Valley? I guess for a lot of people, you know, yes. they wouldn't have seen much cotton down there. Oh, not for probably 20, 25 years, they haven't. Um, Mitchell's family is probably the last to grow it down there. Um, and people wouldn't remember or n- nor care probably what it took to grow the crop. Um, there's a lot of interest around it now, but... Yeah, our um, our preps changed, not a lot every year, but from the first year we we treated it how we do our sorghum or corn. Yeah. So yeah, just a rip. Um, after the ripping, we'd spread on our pre um, with broadcast, and then we'd work that in with a power harrow, and then that ground was sort of ready um, to plant with your GPS um, straight into. So, but that way we'd either have the ground ready and if it didn't rain, we could pre-water with overhead or yeah. we could plant in. Um, so we still practice that approach for our cotton. Um, this year we'll have some cotton on cotton country. So we're a bit, bit peculiar on how we'll, or particular how we're gonna um, set, set up the, the bed for that, the seed bed. Um, we are looking at plowing that ground yeah. um, with a square plow. Uh, mostly just to get rid of that stubble um, so we can get onto a good clean field um, and get rid of any any return cotton or anything like that. But um, mainly getting rid of that stubble for a, a disease point of view. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, we seem to... It breaks down quick, um, but if it's 100% gone and under, we're starting with a clean field again. Yeah. So yep. I think that that deep ploughing too is is it's a deep tap rooted plant. Um, not that our soil it struggles to get a root down, but I think the ploughing will help. Yeah, so definitely. We're, we're going to try it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You can only try it and see yep. what happens. Will you um, will you shift the plant line across? I guess so. You'll have one we one will. plant line in the in the skip. We'll, we'll bump it over a half row. Yeah. To yep. get out of that out of that line, um, and we're a single skip in our dry land, yep. and solid and irrigated. Uh, we're on, we're on thirty six inch. Yeah, which, okay. um, it still gives us enough room to bump over. Yeah, yeah, and be out of it. Yep. Um, we're pretty happy with how our single skip countries work down, actually. Yep. Yeah, we've been way through it. So. Yeah, for sure. 
So um, I guess we'll sort of looking at when you guys stuck the planters in the ground, what were the sort of key decision making, you know, what, what were the key factors you took into account when you, when you got the planters in the ground? Oh, for me it was just trying to get enough soil temp yep. to get going. Um, we're sort of, as the agro said the other day, we're sort of growing it between frost and frost and we had it in the ground and got one, got a frost over the top of it. So Yeah, righto. Yep. Um, it, it was touch and go there for a little bit, but obviously didn't worry the stand. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's for us just trying to like pick a good week and have everything just ready just to... It yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle, because yeah, because now we're at the other end now, and, and um, like yeah, frost doesn't hold up at our sort of area there. We're generally the first to get one, so yeah, we have a pretty short window to make it all work. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're right in saying you want to be ready as soon as because you know your seven day sort of forecast can change pretty quickly. You don't, you know, it only could take one day you know, in the next week where the temperature goes up and then you've got a pretty good outlook and you don't, you know, you don't want to be stuffing around trying to get your planner ready when it is time to go, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you guys could give, you know, any advice to other growers out there who a lot of people are sort of striving to improve their, their plant stands and, you know, the especially the vigour of their crop, getting it out of the ground as quick as possible and and giving it that best start, um, there's been plenty of research out there that shows that, like Neil said earlier, if you can get the best start possible, you know, you're, you're nearly halfway there in some situations. So I guess any sort of things you go by, planning or ground prep that you could, some advice you could give to other growers? I reckon probably just, <clears throat> you just got to, just don't let the seed size change your thoughts, just roll as a, as a small seed, whether it's like, you know, canola or something small like that, where, yeah. you, where you definitely put more attention into your seed bed. Just treat it as a small seed and it seems to yeah. bounce from there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely. What about you, Neil? Yeah, um, I think it starts, like now we're, we're already looking at planter maintenance or, or upkeep. So that side of it's covered and we can have it parked away ready for when we start again. Yeah. So planter's important. Um, and, and your tractor set up and everything like that, if it's GPS and the way the screen's running. Um, have that all covered. That's something you can do now and in what you'd call the off-season for the planter. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then as it comes to ground prep, I think um, <clears throat> oh, well, one thing we've always... I'm third generation, so we'd always do stuff like my pop had done or my dad had done. Yeah. And I just think now we're just starting to change the way we did stuff. Um and it's a new crop, they've never seen it. So um, my dad's look on that is if he's happy to try stuff new as well. Yeah. As in ground prep, like the strip-till rig. Um, I'm not telling everyone to go out and get a strip-till rig that's going to improve. Yeah, yeah. But um, if you do the same thing that your dad always did, and even if it's just 20 hectares off to the side, Try something new, and um, yeah, if you do, if you do what your dad always did, you might get always get his results. Um, so, if you want to get some new results, it mightn't be better, but you won't know if you don't try it. So, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there. I think it's the only way forward. Is you know, even if you just try it in the first year or something on one field or half a field, just try something different. You never know. Like, yeah, you might. It's either going to improve or stay the same, or you might be a little bit 
worse off, but it's not going to, you know, have any major impacts on you. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. It's pretty much our whole our whole farm is still a trial with cotton in the valley. Being yep. the third year. Our first year was really dry. Our second year was wet. This is our first year, what you'd call a normal year. But I'd agree with Matt with what happened in the planning with the cold. We didn't get the frost, but we got that cold snap. We weren't in the ground yet, but I had planted some blocks for some guys that was in the yeah. was planted, and uh, we actually I picked them blocks, um, and we picked their block before theirs another month ahead of us planting. Mm-hmm. So um, we seemed to come on quick down in the valley at harvest time. Yep, yep. So yeah, from cut out to harvest seems to be really quick in our valley. Um, but yeah, I think listen to your agronomist who knows the area. Uh, the worst part is our agronomist is still <laughs> learning the area. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> you take on his advice. Um, we use the fast start approach with the with the uh, with the green light on our farm. Yep, yep. So this is our third year, so we understood that more. Um, I know people might think it's a bit of a joke, but um, sometimes too push comes to shove with weather too. So you could be sitting at home and and wanting to follow that that perfect. Um, program, yep. but you're not. You may not get it. You might have had a, a crap month lead up, and then you've got a weak window um, to get it in. So, yeah, that's and that's right. You're probably never ever going to have a dream run, or rarely have a dream run with this sort of thing. It, it's just sort of doing the best with what you got. And yeah, if yeah. you've got all your ducks in the row, your you, your foot's in the door. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, I I think that covers everything. Uh, for today fellas thank you for giving us some of your time cool yeah no worries it was great chatting to you thank you